When I was a boy, I know that's hard to put your mind around. When I was a boy, as a kid, uh, all the kids in the neighborhood, uh, we would get together and we'd play. And it wasn't uncommon for all the kids in the neighborhood that was playing that before we finished playing, we would be in a fight. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So, somebody's gonna get punched. Uh, there's gonna be a fight. I would not recommend that, kids. But uh, when, when we were growing up, we would, we would get in fights and you know we'd whoop each other and man, we'd be so mad at each other. And anybody remember them days, y'all? Anybody remember those? And uh, our parents never got involved in it. Uh, they just kind of stayed out of it. And by the time the sun would go down, uh, we are best buddies again. You, you might know what I'm talking about, amen? Uh, we, man, we just get over it, you know, just kind of scratch your itch kind of get over your bloody nose and all of a sudden you'd be back playing again and, and everything was fine. Now you would say, Brother Jackie, why would you tell us that? Because kids forgive. They just do. They just know how to get over it. They just know how to forgive. Somehow or another, they can, they can be at odds with one another, and then all of a sudden, they're, they're back buddies again. But not so much so about adults. Adults take up offenses. Adults have a hard time forgiving. They just do. If you have your Bible tonight, and I hope that you do, take your copy of God's Word and open it up to the book of Matthew, chapter 18. You will remember that tonight when we opened up our baptismal service that I asked or I told you that I was going to speak to you in reference to a subject matter before we began our journey of baptism and uh, we looked at Matthew chapter 18. And you remember in chapter 18, uh, Jesus is speaking and his disciples are there. Obviously, you remind yourself that the disciples are those that he's chosen to follow him. And uh, in chapter 18, beginning in verse number 1, it's amazing to me that, that they asked Jesus, they had the audacity to ask Jesus this profound question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's almost as if you could see in their mind's eye they were hoping he would say, oh, you are. You're the one that's going to be the greatest in heaven. Don't you know that you're my favorite pick? Maybe he would say to John, John, you are the beloved. And because of that, man, you're, you're my guy. You're going to be my guy in heaven. Or maybe Peter. Man, Peter, you know, you come a long way, boss. You know, uh, you, uh, you were a cussing fisherman. And, and man, you decided to drop your nets and follow me. And by the way, you, 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 uh, you really come a long way. You know, I think you're going to be the one. You're going to be the greatest one in heaven. You're, you're my pick. You're going to set at this saying, you remember, the disciples even got in a bait about that, Rick, their mom. Uh, will you make sure my sons are, are there on your right and left hand in heaven? And Jesus is uh, asked that question, the audacity of that, 
And I think so many times, us as adults, we, we kind of want to go, hey, am I the guy, am I the gal, you know, I, I want my name in lights, I want the stage, I want all that stuff, and, and God, don't you, look at me, I, I'm doing a great job. And Jesus says, hey boys, before you get too wrapped up in all this, let me show you an example, and he takes a kid, and the Bible says he brings this kid, and it's amazing what he does with that. Now, you've got to remember, what he does with this kid is prompted by a question. Who's going to be great in heaven? Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He brings a little kid, and he puts the kid in the middle of him. And uh, I'm so thankful that when you read your Bible in chapter 18 and verse number 2, it doesn't say the kid's name. Uh, there's, no, there's no definition whatsoever. There's no illustration about who he is. If, he, if, he's, uh, if he's five or 12, doesn't, doesn't matter. He just takes a kid. And he brings this kid in the middle of all this where adults are. And he says, now I'm going to teach you something. If you want to know about greatness in heaven, look at this kid. This kid is going to be my illustration tonight of or today of what greatness is. And he says, verily. You know what that means? Pay attention. Uh, whenever Jesus uses the term verily, it means that you had better set up and pay attention. Now, if he ever uses the term verily, verily, that's what I call a double barrel verily. You really need to pay attention. But in this particular case, he says verily, verily. What that means is if you don't hear nothing else I'm going to tell you, if you're not going to zero in on me at all, you need to listen to this. And he says verily, I say unto you, except you be converted. Now, what is that? Uh, Jesus spoke that same thing in the life of Nicodemus. Nicodemus, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Don't you know, Nicodemus, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God? Uh, we got to realize, Nicodemus, that just because you're a master teacher in Israel, uh, that doesn't qualify you in the kingdom. You've got to be born again. Nicodemus asked the question, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he go back into his mother's womb and be born the second time? And you remember, Jesus tells us, there in that passage of Scripture, the, the wind blows where it lists us, and no man knows where it comes or where it goes. As such is the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, Jesus is wadding up this profound reality about the kingdom of God uh, when he talks about being converted. And then he says, if you'll notice there, he says, you've got to become like a little child. You've got to do that. And, and he says, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven if you don't become like a little child. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself. Now you would say to me, Brother Jackie, why in the world did you start off talking about kids in a fight to, to tell us tonight about this passage of scripture? And, and I think that when you think about it, humbling yourself, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow. And did you notice that when you read on in chapter 18, it's amazing to me that Jesus takes this kid and he says, okay, now look, if you're going to in, inherit the kingdom of heaven, if you're going to be a participant in this great scheme of things when it comes to God, you've got to humble yourself. And then if you'll notice right on below that, he talks about offenses, people getting offended. And then, and, he, and, he, and then it's amazing to me how he does this. He says, you know what, this offense thing is going to cause you problems. 
It's amazing to me that, that he takes a kid and says, and most of us, all of us, normally would focus in on this kid. Uh, we would say, oh yeah, that's what you do. You become like a little kid. You, you've got to humble yourself. You've got to become like a little kid. And most of us in this church tonight would say, right on, pastor, I get that. I understand that. Uh, you know what? I've just got to become like a little kid, innocent, and I've just got to say, Jesus, come into my heart. But it's amazing to me, Brother Rick, that Jesus profoundly points out what stands in the way of most people. Offenses. He starts talking about how you get offended. And, and, and he starts talking about how this being offended affects things. And, and then, if you'll notice, and he keeps on talking. He doesn't shut up. You know, have you ever been to listen to a preacher, don't amen this, and you're thinking, why don't you just quit? You're taking me further than I want to go. Uh, why don't, you know, I want to get out of here. I really didn't sign up to hear this sermon. I really didn't come here to understand. You know, it's kind of like the hell sermon this morning. We get you in here and preach on hell, and you're going, oh, my gosh, I just want to get out of here. It's hot in here. But it's like Jesus is going, no, I got you now. I'm not going to let you off the hook. I'm talking to you now because now I got your attention. It's almost as if you can hear a pin drop. He starts talking about kids. And he says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this together for you. And then in verse number 15, it's almost like he drives the nail into the heart. He says, if your brother offends you, if your brother trans, transgress against you, you go to him. And you tell him what the problem is. If you have a problem, you go and you get it straightened out with that person. And if he won't hear you, then you take somebody with you and you make sure you get this straightened out. If he doesn't hear you, then you take the whole church or you take the elders of the church with you and you get that straightened out. And if he still doesn't hear you, consider him as a heathen. You know what you do with heathens? You love them to Jesus. You don't, you don't do this to heathens. You love them to Jesus. What he's saying is, I'm not going to let you off the hook. And what he's really saying is this. You know what's standing between you and God? Unforgiveness. What's standing between you and God is you've got something in your heart that is hindering your heart. And if you don't get that out of your heart, you're, you're never going to experience this like this kid because when this kid gets in a fight with his friend, they know how to make up, but you don't know how to make up. You don't know how to get over that. And in chapter 18, it's almost that we focus on this kid thing, but really what, how many of y'all believe Jesus is smarter than we are? Can I get an amen? It's almost like I would think about this in my mind. He gets a kid and everybody's going, oh, hey, he's so cute. Wow, you've got a kid. Jesus, do you get this? You've got a kid, and you've got this kid, and everybody's ooing and God and going, oh, my gosh, the kid is wonderful. The kid is cute. But you know what? Sometimes uh, when we think about this, it's easy to get your mind on your kids and take your mind off your heart. And what Jesus is saying is you will never, you will never experience kingdom until you know how to forgive.
Because if you don't know how to forgive, your heart is going to be hindered. And you will never have the joy of a kid. You will never experience the liberty of life like a kid does. You'll never be able to run and jump in the puddles of life. You won't be that kind of person. You'll be reserved and hindered because you don't know how to forgive. And when Jesus is talking about this, he's trying to get the disciples to understand a profound reality. What goes on in your heart when it comes to your hurt affects your kingdom. And if you don't know how to navigate through this, then you're going to realize that you're never going to experience this kingdom fulfillment. And what I've learned in life is adults, and I'm talking about adults, that's where they get wadded up. That, that's where their pain gets. They get mad, they leave, they don't tell anything. You know, they, just, they just take their offense with them. And wherever they take their offense, that's where their offense is. They don't know how to get it right. They don't know how to sit down like a kid and go, you know what, you punched me in my nose, but I love you anyway. Let's play ball. You know, we're in a fight, but you know what? Hey, you know what? We're, we're in this life together. Let's just get over this thing. Let's move on. You know what I've learned about kids? Again, uh, my mom and daddy didn't get involved in that stuff. They, they didn't come out every time we got in a little tassel and, and, and take up our problem with us. You know what my mom and dad would say? They'll get over it. Let them, come on, let me hear you. What? Let them work it out. Now, I'm sure that they were peeking around the corner make sure we weren't going to kill each other. But they had wisdom. They'll work it out. And I think what Jesus is saying here is you got to know how to work it out. And if you don't know how to work it out, that's going to hinder you. It's going to hinder you all your life. It's going to hinder you in your, in your spiritual life, in the journey of life. And I'm a firm believer that in most cases, that's where adults fail. They don't know how to work it out. It's easier to walk away. It's easier to uh, not confront. It's easier not to talk about. It's easier just to put it on. It's easier to do that. But Jesus says, no, if you've got a problem, you need to go to them. And you need to address that. And you need to address that in a way it can be worked out. Because if you don't, you're never going to experience the kingdom. Did you remember, listen, did you remember what he started off with? He said, you got to humble yourself. I think that if you'll notice in verse number 15, it's not that if you trespass against them, but if your brother trespass against you. Uh, it's not that I got a problem with them, but They've got a problem with me, but I've got a problem with them. And that means that I'm supposed to go work that out. And he says, if you don't do that, you will not know the kingdom of God. Let me ask you a question quickly tonight as the keyboard has come. Do you have unforgiveness in your heart? 
Do you have unresolved conflict? Has somebody hurt you and you run? Do you have something in your life that if Jesus were to say, now watch, here's a kid. If you don't humble yourself like this little kid, you can't, you're going to always live miserable. You're going to live all wanted up all the time. I'll bet you tonight in this congregation of people, if I was a betting man, and I think I would, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd win if I betted you on this, that if you took a minute to look in your heart and you were to be honest with yourself and you were to say, is that unforgiveness in me anywhere? I bet you a lot of you would come to the altar. I bet you a lot of you would say, yep, I kind of got wadded up right there kind of got detoured right there. I've seen it in church life. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen it. Look, nobody, nobody denies that it's hurtful when you have pain. Nobody denies that. But, but when you hold on to stuff, it, it causes chains to get on you. And those chains put you in bondage. And I've seen it happen. There can be people that are just really vibrant for God, really excited about what God is doing, and then get hurt. And you know what they do? Shut down. And when you shut down, the devil is laughing, going, I got you. I got you. God had a plan and a purpose for your life in kingdom but I got you, I got you. You know what he did? He just put chains on you. And he just locked them up and said, you know what? As long as you operate in this realm of unforgiveness, you'll never know what life is really all about. You gotta learn to get over it. So tonight, let me ask you this. You think that may be you? You think it's possible that it's you? You see, I came out here tonight with a whole nother message. God said, no, read on. You think it may have been for you? But God said, no, read on because I want to show you something here. Possible for you? So tonight, I want us to bow our heads all over this place and so we bow our heads and close our eyes for a minute. I'm going to do something tonight that is for you. And that is this. This altar is open. That you would come to this altar and say, God, you know what? Yep, that was me. And if you want to come, you come now. Just come and pray and take a minute with the Lord. You may even be a visitor here tonight and you go, you know what, I need to do that. Well, you come, people are coming. You can come too. If you, We're not going to weird you out. So if you want to just stand and come and let God work with you a minute, or maybe you just pour out your heart and go, God, you know what? That was, that coming, that was me. I want the abundant life that I can have in Jesus, but frankly, 
there, you, when, when, he, when that preacher started saying that, that you put your finger on my heart right there. And that's why I'm not happy. You come. You know, I've learned in life you can even be angry with God. I've learned in life that, that you can have a problem even with God or somebody in your past or whatever it may be. You need to do that? Just come on. If you want to do that, just come on now. Remember what Jesus said? And, and this is the painful pill to swallow. Humble yourself. Uh, humbling yourself means that you are able to get beyond what is causing you fear. That you would say, Lord, you know what? It's kind of fearful for me to go to that altar. And God says, no, I know it's fearful. That's why you've got to humble yourself. You got to be willing to do that. I've seen people have a breakthrough in their life when they have been obedient to the Lord like that. So we're just going to give a few minutes as people are at the altar praying and uh, just a few more minutes. And if you are, if God is dealing with your heart, you could come. But I'm not going to prolong it. Here's a question for you as you bow and pray. Are you happy? Are you happy with you? Are you content with you? Or is your chest, your heart about to beat out of your chest right now? And God is saying to you, you know what? This is about you. team could come back and just sing that little melody that you sung at the end of that song. Could you do that? Just that little melody at the end of Revelation song. And uh, the melody of the words of, that you did in those three little songs that we ended on Amazing Grace, you remember? Yeah. tonight will you stand with us as we just sing this melody as people are still praying at the altar and we're just going to go back to that it's pretty simple